Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 139 of the podcast. Today, we've got a great interview. My guest today lives in Minnesota and was monitoring the chaos as protesters took control of the city, looted businesses, and ran the police out of their own precinct following the death of George Floyd. Before we start this week's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank our Patreon supporters. Patreon is a month-to-month sponsorship platform. We have three different support tiers, each with different benefits. But the most valuable tier is our $5 a month tier. This equates to sponsoring the podcast for about a dollar per episode. Now, not only do our $5 Patreon supporters receive the podcast early, but they also receive a commercial-free version of the podcast delivered directly to their podcast player. Some may say that the included squelchy sticker pack that is mailed to your home is the best benefit of the $5 level, but I think it's the community or the club that is growing at this level. You see, we meet once a month on Zoom, and we have a roundtable discussion about scanning, ask questions, offer advice. Some of the members are answering other people's questions, and we just talk with our fellow scanner school classmates. This is an exclusive group for our $5 Patreon members. Now, again, if all this wasn't enough at that level, you'll also receive discounts to upcoming Scanner School courses and offerings. Now, you can help support Scanner School by going to www.scannerschool.com slash Patreon or www.scannerschool.com slash support. Now, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon supporters at all levels, and they are Craig Harper, Dan, Ed Walsh, Eddie Kay, Edward Dufour, Glenn Blum, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, James Felling, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Mark Thompson, Mark Beebe, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Now let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. If this is your first week joining us for class, or you're already a weekly listener, welcome to this week's podcast. Today, we have got an awesome interview. Let me actually say that with my New York accent. We've got an awesome interview. Brad lives in Minnesota and is known by his friends and his family to always have an ear on the scanner. He's so well known for his hobby that many people call him to get the information about where the police might have been or where they're going, even the same with fire and EMS, right? Brad's that kind of guy. He's always got his ear on the scanner. But what I like about Brad is that even though he listens to the police and fire dispatch, he already had police and the event talk groups in his scanner and he never even anticipated he would ever need to listen to it it's when brad decided to think outside the box that he realized just how much activity there was to listen to and just how scary it was see brad brad practices what i preach on the podcast right you always got to be ready you always got to think outside the box right it's not all about putting your scanner into scan mode sometimes it's going into search modes or even having that shtf bank or just more in there than you think you'll ever need because there's going to be times when all of a sudden you're going to want to listen to more than the daily the daily radio traffic brad was ready for it and that that really opened up what 
Brad could listen to. See, the other thing that was going on, even though Brad was listening to what was going on and unfolding in front of him, was the panic and the chaos over his scanner was nothing compared to what he had in the back of his mind. See, Brad's daughter lives pretty close proximity to where the protesters had gathered and were destroying property and looting businesses. So look, we're here today to talk about scanning, okay? That's what the podcast is about. It's it's scanner school. We're not talking about opinions or anything else related to the events or the actions related to George Floyd and anything else that unraveled or happened since that evening, okay? This is not the place or the format for that kind of discussion. This is a scanner radio podcast, and that is where we focus our attention to. So with that, let me welcome Brad to today's podcast. All right, Brad, I want to thank you so much for taking the time and, and joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I think after a couple of email exchanges, it uh, what, you, what you emailed me about was very interesting. And I thought it was definitely something that could be shared with the other members of the Scanner School podcast and the Scanner School community. So before we get into why you're here, let's just go to a bit of a background. How long have you been into the Scanner Ready hobby? I have been into this hobby for 50 plus years. I think I bought my first police radio and with my paper out money when I was 12 or 14, and I'm now well into my 60s. It was kind of interesting because it was a uh, tube set police radio, and you'd have to tune in the police frequency, and as the tubes would warm up, they'd go off frequency, hit it, retune it. Once the radio had warmed up, you were good to go. And uh, I live in Minneapolis now, but back then I lived in a smaller town, so the police was more active than, say, the fire. But uh, every day I turn that police radio on and give it a half hour to tune in the channel. Eventually, I got a transistor radio, which had the police band on it. When I say police band, it was the VHF uh, high band. Okay. Yeah, it was a VHF high band. So I had this transistor radio, so I, I would ride around on my bike and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> As time went on, I bought a Patrolman 6 from Radio Shack that had uh, six different bands on it, AM, FM, VHF, high, low, UHF, air. Uh, that was pretty cool. And then as a young adult, my early 20s, I moved to Minneapolis with my Patrolman 6, which is interesting. I still have the Patrolman 6 today. I don't use it much anymore. With the Patrolman 6, uh, I remember moving to Minneapolis and hearing about a police shooting. An off-duty officer was shot, and that was my first experience to the big city in my Patrolman 6. And then eventually crystal radios came out. You had to buy these little crystals to plug into the back of the radio. I had, I think it was a Bearcat 10 channel, had little red lights that flashed across the front of it. And I just love watching the red lights go. (laughs) Then I moved into a, what was it, a Regency Touch 100. That was a programmable 100 channel digital, 100 channel programmable base station. And then uh, I, I went to a Bearcat 200 channel, portable, programmable, and then digital trunking came out. Yeah, I got to say this, that when I was in high school a long time ago, I had to do a speech for um, speech class. We had to talk about our hobby. My hobby was listening to radios. And 
everybody laughed at me because don't all teenagers listen to the radio? But mine was about the different, you know, public service bands and the police bands, right. the ham yep. band. And I knew everything about that stuff. I go back 15 years ago when I got into digital trunking, it was like, oh, this is a learning curve I'm not familiar with. And I got to say this, Phil, two years ago, I think, is when I started listening to your podcast. And I went, oh, my, I know nothing about the police scanning world. Sometimes you talk over my head. So this digital trunking, I'm still learning it. I, I use the free scan program. Mm-hmm. I'm not real techie. I'm, I'm using the Uniden 396 XT, which I know is an older, actually an obsolete radio. I know I've had some simulcast problems with it, but by listening to your show, I've, I've kind of corrected that. Uh, one of the things you suggested was the Diamond uh, 77CA antenna. Right. That that has improved my signal greatly. I do have a Yagi antenna, which <laughs> sits in the corner of my living room that I use sometimes. So, yeah, I've been doing this for 50-some years. I would not own a police – just like I would not be without a TV. I would not be without a police or fire radio. It's just been a part of me my whole life. It's just – that's me. So I, it's, I completely uh, get that. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, we share a lot of the same story. It's like 12 to 14 years old and, and, and saving money for a paper out. I mean, that's how I bought my, my own. When I bought my own scanner, that's where I funded the money from. I mean, my dad gave me my first one. And, and again, you know, it's just like you. You've got your early Patrolman 6. I still have all my old scanners, you know, my old fan and six channel and then the, uh, which was crystal controlled. And then, and then the 200 XLT, which is the first one I bought, you know, and I've got, and, and even some radios I sold, I'm, I'm going back through eBay to try and find now. But like you said, though, if some of the material here is over, is gets over your head. I mean, that's, that's why we have the ask scanner school segment as well. This way you can always call in or you can write. And, yeah. you know, I think that's how we got introduced too. It was, it was with a question or a feedback, but, uh, that's why that line is always there. If anything goes over your head or if anybody else, you know, listening, if it goes over their head, that's why the ask sessions are always here and to kind of kind of help you along so you don't feel too lost so well yeah i i, I used to think that i knew everything but I, I, listening to scanner school or even the digital trunking like minneapolis is a p25 phase one that's all i need to know and that's what i know and you start talking about the other systems like what are you talking about i, I didn't realize there were other systems so yeah and, you know, another funny thing, I was just going to go back when I when I was a kid, my dad bought me a pair of walkie-talkies, and me and my friend would use it. And a guy came on with his call letters, KLK 4500. I remember that. And so we started using his call letters, KLK 4500, Oof. Unit 1 to Unit 2. And the guy, <laughs> yeah, he lived in the neighborhood, and he came out and grabbed us and said, hey, you can't. And he took us up into his radio shack. And, and that's when I think I really got interested in it. He had his police radio, a shortwave radio, his CB. I was just mesmerized by it. So, so uh-huh. it was basically kids being kids, hearing something and, and emulating it. And I guess yes. the two-way radios would have been, I guess, picking up at that time. He probably was bleeding through your CB or via CB, I guess. He was bleeding through. Yeah, I was, was on, I was, we were walkie-talkies. We were on walkie-talkies. Yeah. I think it was at the channel 14 on the CB okay. channel. And he, gotcha. he heard us, but, uh, and I back. later went on to get a, 
a CB license myself. I never went. I was going to say hamburgers. back in those days, right? You would have had a CB license. So I mean, my, I have an old D one O D one O four microphone here that has my dad's old uh, CB call sign on it as well. So it's you know it's a, yeah. it's a day gone by. So. But you know, you talk about listening to other things on the radio, and I do explore. But I've kind of gotten to pretty much. Um, having the fire department on in the evening because it's not as okay. disruptive as listening to police calls constantly. Right, right. I want to exactly. say something else about the hobby, too, when you think sure. of it. I can tell you all sorts of exciting stories. For instance, I, re- I listened to a, a rescue of a plane crash and a police chase that ended not very well and shooting. And the thing is, it's interesting, the hobby is, you listen to all this, but it's a tragedy to someone else. So I, mm-hmm. that's the part kind of, I listen to it as a hobby and then I go, oh, wait, this is somebody's tragedy. So I, I don't want to give a false impression that say, I enjoy tragedy, but I enjoy the right. hobby I mean, of listening to what's going around. And, and I feel, I, I completely understand as well. We have, um, what happens here every, almost every year except this past year is, is uh, we have the, the Jones Beach Air Show that comes in. It, it brings in a lot of some of the old antique planes and some, you know, some stuff like that. Sure. And some of the guys were out flying their their old uh, World War II aircraft over the Hudson River. And, of course, I had the scanner on because I was listening to the air show stuff. And I just happened to just have it on. And I never really listened to these the, to the generic aviation channels. But for some reason, that night, I had them on or that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that one of the engines failed in one of the planes and the pilot went down in the Hudson River. And you don't really hear anything from the pilot that unfortunately at the end lost his life, but you do hear the panic on his companions and the other aircraft that were flying with him, asking where he went, where did he go, what's going on, come back to us, and you realize that just, just as you were saying, this is somebody else's tragedy. This is audio that I've right. archived for myself, but I will never share with anybody the actual raw audio of that of that day or that that incident with him. Likewise, you know, a lot of people like to relive or, or mem- remember the Trade Center, right? You know, yeah. 9-11 attacks. So what I do is I, I realize that a lot of people, they don't listen to it because it's a scanner radio hobby. They kind of listen to it to remember and a lot of stuff. And it's become a very big, and I'm not publicizing this in a, in a way, I'm, I'm kind of just giving the other other side of this is, I get a lot of people who ask me every year, hey, are you going to run the tapes again? Because I have the tapes from the FDNY that I've, I've mm-hmm. downloaded off the internet. And I do that. I start the tape at 8.45 a.m. when just before it starts to kick off. So it's more or less real time as the events would have unfolded on 9-11. The radio traffic is brought back to life from that day. And I get I get hundreds of people who log on and listen to that live sure. 9-11 feed. And again, is I don't think it's to listen to the tragedy of unfolding, but just to remember it and and to to take themselves back to sure. what happened that day, and you know, so there is there is that other side of the story on it. And again, I get I, me personally, I I can I can listen to the beginning of the tape when the call comes over and I hear the battalion start responding. That's pretty much where I shut it off personally. But uh, a lot of people they're they're on it all day long. They're listening to, and then I I run the Brooklyn and the in the Queen. I run the EMS, so it runs through everything, and it is it's a lot of people's pain, and and and, but it, again too, I think it brings a lot of people. It brings them back down to earth, slows down their day, and 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 makes them reflect and remember as well. So there is that other part of what goes on there. So um, with that, what other um, right? You you said. You, 
Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say when we get into talking about situations in Minneapolis here over the the weeks, it's it's more of um, not to dwell on anybody's tragedy. It's to talk about what's going on and and the feeling of listening to what's going on and and being so close to it. I guess. Right. Yeah. It kind of puts you kind of puts you right there. Before we get into um, listening to to anything else, so just break down what else do you have as far as equipment that you're actively using. Are you just using the, the 396 XT with with the antenna, or you have other equipment, or what are you using? That's basically. I, I still okay. well, I still have the Patrolman Six, which I rarely use, although I had it out the other day listening to aircraft <laughs> frequencies. Okay. And the Regency 100. There's some ham radio frequencies I listen to. <laughs> everything going digital trunky it's it's become somewhat obsolete so i listen to baby monitors on it and i've got some <laughs> grandkids that spend the day uh so i still have the m100 okay. i had a pro 96 one of the first digitals from radio shack i still have it doesn't work very well so i don't even use no it, it never did <laughs> it was it was no, kind of a, a yeah, garbage yeah, piece of radio <laughs> i'm glad you agree with me because i only had it for my kids bought it for me. I went through kind of a huh. tragic time, and, and they bought me this Pro 96, and I went, oh, cool, I can listen to digital trunking, but right. it, it was, yeah, it was a piece of junk. Yeah, I've got, I've got uh-huh. the 2096, which is the mobile version of that, and it's, it's just as, 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 right now it's a fancy paperweight. I, I don't think I'll ever turn that radio back on again. <laughs> so. You know, I, I have, so I have the FreeScan program, and then I had a friend uh-huh. by the Pro 106, and he okay. wanted me to program his radio, and technology is not my thing. And he didn't want me to program his radio for the Twin Cities area. He had a cabin down in Illinois or something. He wanted me to, and so uh, learn all over again. I, yeah, FreeScan free won't work yeah, with that radio yeah. either. So, yeah. Yeah, right. So, anyway, when I thought I knew everything, Mm-hmm. When it got to digital trunking, it was this learning curve like, oh, my. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Right. But basically, but it, all I use is, is the 396. Okay. Well, digital trunking is – is it's no different than regular analog trunking. It's just – it's now P25 as opposed to as opposed to just right. regular Motorola Type 2. So, programming into your scanner is not that big of a difference. But it's – it's you know, when it goes to Phase 2 versus Phase 1, you have to make sure you put the right talk groups in and – and uh, then you've got multiple sites to contend with and, and, you know, some talk groups don't show up on all the sites. And so it's, it is a little bit more of an investigation when it comes to it. It's, it's a little bit more hide and seek, I, I guess you could say it, but in the end, you and, know, it's, sometimes it's, it's, it's not too bad sometimes. And I'm learning. So when I bought this radio, it was already pre-programmed okay. and I went home and I got the free scan software and I downloaded everything on my radio on the free scan and then I was yep, a, very, yeah then I was able to go in and copy and paste and move things around to my liking right so even to this day there's things on my scanner that I'm not really sure it's usually locked out because right I'm what are they doing sure there what, <laughs> yeah exactly right. And, and we all have right, scanners exactly. like that. You you overload them and you put too much stuff in there, and then you end up locking most of it out anyway. And then, but it stays in there, you know, because you've got the room. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. And that kind of leads into say say the, listening to the situation in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. I thought, gee, I wonder what channels they're on because they're they're not on the main dispatch channel. So I unlocked all these Minneapolis channels. I had no idea what they were, and that's where I, I found a that's couple right. tactical channels they were using. 
Okay, so let's break it down. What's what exactly is going on right now where you are? So we can kind okay, of because right. again, too, if if somebody listens to this a year from now, let's let's bring them back down to what's what's happening uh, in current events. Well, let's, let's start from day one. I'll walk you through sure. right up to today. Okay, yeah, perfect. Let's go. What happened in Minneapolis on Memorial Day was very, very tragic. And I'm not going to get political on your show because that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. But it went across the country, across the world. There was protests. There were riots. And I live in Minnesota nice. And it was like, I can't explain the feeling of this. I told someone it was an embarrassment. It, it, it's beyond that. It's just, it was, so it was a very tragic thing that happened. And so the next day, they, there was protests, and uh, Minneapolis has had a, a lot of peaceful protests. So to listen to the scanner and hear the police escorting the protests through the, through the city or sometimes even under the freeway, that's pretty common stuff. And when I opened up all these channels of the Minneapolis police, and by the way, I, I think there's a couple Minneapolis police channels that are encrypted. So I was very surprised that I found these tactical channels that were open. One was a peaceful protest through Minneapolis. The other one was a a little more uh, interesting. (laughs) And I want to say this, too. So Minneapolis, St. Paul is a twin city. So I I listen to Minneapolis all the time. Stuff was going on in St. Paul, but I was not listening to that. The channel that I got stuck on was a protest around the third precinct. Third Precinct, by the way, is on Lake Street in South Minneapolis. And I have a daughter that lives less less than a mile from there. And she just texted me one day and said, hey, let me know if I should be aware of anything. Because I understand there's a big protest at the Third Precinct. I said, okay. So I listened and there was these protests. And at one point, a group broke into the back of the precinct house where the police cars were. They knocked down the fence or they climbed over the, and they started breaking into the police cars. And the command center, you know, say, hey, we have the ammunition, weapons in there. We need to get tear gas out there, break it up. So they did that. And I went, oh. So I texted my daughter and I said, yeah, <laughs> someone, they broke into the police cars, tear gas. And then it started to get a little more, they started lighting dumpsters on fire. So then I also monitored the fire channel. So the fire department came out, and uh, when they responded to the dumpster fire, the truck started to get vandalized. So the command center said to the third precinct, we need to get out, tear gas, whatever it takes, we need to protect the fire department because their truck's being damaged. And now the TV news has picked this up, and I'm starting to watch live feeds from the TV news. And across the street was a Target store, and the TV news is showing that it's being looted. It's like, well, wait, where are the police? Well, they're over protecting the fire department, and uh, it was it was like, oh man, this okay. It, it was almost like maybe there wasn't enough manpower to speak of. I probably listened. And then they got the dumpster fire out. The truck, some of the fire trucks got vandalized. Again, there was a peaceful protest going on downtown Minneapolis. And then I probably went to bed at midnight or one o'clock. And the next morning I saw on the news that the state patrol had come in and cleaned out the area. They, they blocked off Lake Street. They moved all the protesters and everything was under control. So then we got the night number two. Again, my daughter says, let me know. I understand. It got a little wild. So night number two, I started listening. And uh, the protests got a little more. They started smashing out windows. So I guess. 
I could hear the police saying, hey, they just broke into a liquor store and it looks like they're starting it on fire. Should we go in with tear gas? And the command center said, wait till you're given that command. We no, no shooting tear gas. And then there was an auto store across the street. They broke into and lit on fire. And the TV stations were starting to show these things live. There was even a Facebook live feed I was watching. Yeah. And I'm I like, these buildings are on fire. Okay. And then I heard the command center tell the officers in the third precinct to evacuate. Evacuate the building, go to the predetermined location, you'll be picked up by buses. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm listening to the fire channel, and this is the eerie part. There was no fire response. What's going on? I can tell you what trucks would respond. I've been listening to fire calls in Minneapolis for a long, long time, but there was no fire response. And it's an area of the city that I've been to many times. Uh, there's a couple of restaurants I would frequent a lot. There's an Arby's and a Wendy's. And I saw them start on fire. And I saw this whole area and even the third precinct start on fire. And there was no fire response. For I'll bet you it was almost two hours before there was a fire response that came in to put the fires out. And I'm just going to say it's Maybe they needed the police protection to come in. They didn't want their trucks vandalized like the night before. On the north side of town, so law and order has fallen apart in Minneapolis that night. On the north side of town, someone broke into a barbershop, lit it on fire, according to the news. And when the, he called 911 for the fire department, they said, oh, well, we'll get to you when we can. And the response was like two hours and the building had burned down. There's also, and I'll just bring this up, that while they were evacuating the third precinct, if I think I got my the correct night. So law and order had fallen apart. So the businesses along Lake Street, they were guarding their own building. People with shotguns. And apparently there was a pawn shop about six blocks to the west of the third precinct that I don't know if it was being looted or what, but the owner shot and actually killed the guy. And so they, they told the third precinct that the police are responding to a shooting, you know, and that the owner was arrested and then released. So I, I'm not sure where that's going to play out, whether he shot someone as he protected his building. There's some question whether the guy was even in his building. But so the only the, the law and order was falling apart in the city. People were protecting their own buildings. And then two o'clock in the morning, I think they had a news conference. <laughs> The third precinct had been abandoned, burned. After two hours, the fire department came, put it out. I think two, three o'clock in the morning, I went to bed. On the third night, they said they were going to get the National Guard in. And they, they called the curfew for like seven or eight o'clock at night. And the protest started out again by the third precinct, but there was nothing left. I mean, third precinct was still kind of there, but. Some of these buildings, these restaurants I had eaten at, oh, there was a post office, there was a library, Walgreens store. They were burned burned down. It was wow. like looking at a, a war zone. Like a war zone, on the yeah. Third night, yeah, it was just, and I'm about five, six miles from there, so it's like. So this is your backyard, basically. Yeah. And yeah. the door is right there, too. Yeah. So you got, not only is it your backyard, but you got family there, so. This is close to home. Yeah. So everything you're listening yeah. to is like very relatable, very tangible. I mean, you're very you you know this area. This is this is where you live. Exactly. And I had a friend call me and say, um, "Oh, what's happening in Minneapolis? That's terrible. The buildings are being burned down." And I just had to get back to him and say, "You know, 
this is where it gets kind of political. A terrible thing happened in Minneapolis. Burning down the buildings are terrible too, but you to watch it on the five o'clock nightly news that there's fires and protests someplace is yeah, is different than being here in your backyard mm-hmm. watching places burn down that that you've gone to, you, you you frequent a lot. And so on the third night, the group formed around the third precinct, what was left of it. And then they started marching down Lake Street, westbound. Lake Street is a large commercial street. I think it once was rated as the largest or longest commercial street in the country. So they were marching down Lake Street and they were knocking out windows and starting buildings on fire, but they were headed now to the fifth precinct. I live near the fifth precinct. Oh, so they're coming towards you. (laughs) Yeah, at least getting closer. So, again, the the activity and police part all switched to the 5th Precinct, and they pretty much had that. uh, They were prepared. There was, um, you know, cement barriers and fence, and Mm -hmm. the police were up on the roof. But there again, I started hearing the police say, well, they're approaching the 5th Precinct. They're trying to break in. Should we use tear gas? No, hold off on the tear gas. And I'm watching this on TV. They're doing live feed. I'm watching live feeds off of Facebook. It's almost like being there. And then I'm hearing the police say, well, they're breaking into the bank and they're lighting it on fire. And I look at the TV and I'd go, they are breaking into the bank. And well, now they're, there's a grocery store they're breaking into and lighting it on fire and a post office, okay, almost reliving the night before, but in a different part of the city. And again, I thought, well, where's the fire department? And they had ordered the National Guard. And then it must have been an hour, two hours again. And then finally, the Humvees and the National Guard and everybody moved in with the fire department and they started putting out the fire and breaking up the crowd. That was even closer to my house. So again, I probably stayed up till two, three in the morning listening to all this. They finally got it under control. Day number four, they continued with the curfew. They increased the National Guard. I, I guess the original group of National Guard, while we didn't see so much of it, they were protecting infrastructures. Okay. And that's another interesting thing. I, I never heard, I'm not sure what talk group the National Guards were on. I was just mesmerized with this tactical channel Minneapolis I had. So when the National Guard moved in, I, I guess I didn't know they were coming. I think the fourth night, uh, they closed all the freeways down, like at 7 o'clock at night. There was a curfew. It was kind of eerie that there was some kind of uh, military helicopters flying over my house every once in a while. That was kind of eerie. But I didn't think that night went so bad, even the fifth night. And I just want to point something out with the fifth night. So the fifth night, there was a curfew starting at 8 o'clock. Uh, they were going to shut the freeway down at 7. And there was a protest about four or five o'clock in the afternoon, a large protest. This was peaceful. They marched through downtown Minneapolis, but it was thousands of people. The violence seemed to have subsided, but they marched, they went and they marched onto the freeway. Thousands of people marched onto the freeway. And I, the police said, hey, get a hold of the state patrol. We got to shut down the freeway because they're, <clears throat> they're on the freeway. And they said, well, the curfew, and, and they're going to shut the freeway down at 7 o'clock. Well, this is 5 o'clock. And they said, no, we need the freeway shut down now. People are all on the freeway. Well, there's nobody available to stay patrol at the moment, but we'll get to you as soon as we can. And then, as I'm watching on TV, we see this semi-truck coming down the freeway at 60 miles an hour. Because <laughs> the freeway wasn't closed. 
I'll tell you, the news people on the TV station, myself, it was like, oh, my, what? And this truck comes barreling through this crowd. And the worst damage was he ran over a bike, I think. But everybody peeled out of the way. The crowd ran after the semi-truck, pulled the driver out. I think they started assaulting him. And then I heard on the, the police radio, tactical team two, get on the freeway now. And the police all rushed in. I thought they were going to throw this guy off the end of the freeway. You're watching this live and you're hearing on the police radio. They first arrested the truck driver and blamed him for plowing through the crowd and it could have killed people. And then I think the charges were eventually dropped because he said, I, I come around the bend and there's everybody there. So, right. and I, yeah, who expects a crowd on the freeway? <laughs> right. And I had just heard that previously that we can't get the freeway closed. We don't have the manpower at the moment. And so that right. was kind of hair raising. And then now things, so that was day five. The, the, the violence has subsided. There's still daily protests. And even St. Paul, I want to say through those five days, St. Paul had their share of violence and, and looting and uh, arson. Oh, recently, this just came out in the news the other day. There's been a guy missing for six weeks. The last they knew, he went to the protest. Well, just the other day, they found him in one of the burned out buildings. Apparently, he got Ooh. trapped. Wow. Yeah. So... Now, every day there are protests, but they're nonviolent. They they march through downtown Minneapolis, downtown St. Paul, to the mayor's office, to the city council. Right, right. Politically, and I don't want to get political, but city of Minneapolis now wants to defund the police department. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that entails or what that means. With that said, in talking about right now, Minneapolis is not encrypted except for a couple channels. I don't, I'd love to buy an SDS 100 or 200, but I don't want to invest the money and have Minneapolis. I mean, if they have one or two channels encrypted, it doesn't take much to encrypt the rest. Right. And I was surprised that none of them were encrypted the night I was listening. Hennepin County, I live in Hennepin County. They just went encrypted. So I'm surprised I was very openly able to listen to Minneapolis and I don't know if defunding the police department means anything about encryption or changing talk groups or whatever any of that means. And that's where I am today. It was just uh, to be close, to have it in your own backyard, to see the destruction, to be seeing it live on TV or Facebook while you're hearing it. It took an emotional toll and you almost to be living here is a lot different than hearing it on the nightly news, I guess, is what yeah, I'm trying exactly. to say. Because yeah, you, you, it's, again, it's, it's your neighborhood. It's your backyard. It's, it's, it's where you live right now. And it, and it has – normally what happens, right, you watch something on the nightly news and you're so detached from it. It's like when, when I'm watching what's going on where you are, it's like – that really happened, you know, that really happened there. You know, it, did people get like that over there or, you know, it's, it's, right. it, it's so far removed from where, from where I am that it's, and it's like watching something happen almost on the other side of the world. Oh, uh, you know, I'm in the United States, right. But to watch the wildfires that were going on in Australia at the beginning of the year, it's like, okay, those are happening, but you're so far detachment or the wildfires that happen in, in California, right. Sure. It's not, I mean, Okay, you you recognize it, you realize it's there. It's tragic for those people who are going through it. It's not a tragedy for me, so I'm not 
emotional over it. Whereas Hurricane Sandy rolls through here, and as you're telling, like, you know, you see that the, the military helicopters flying overhead, National Guard's in town. Well, guess what? Right. You know, that, that happened where I live. Well, actually, it happened where my parents are. Their house was damaged and all this, so was my uncle's. But again, they weren't as bad as a coworker of mine. So I was, I was, okay, this is bad for my parents. It's bad for where I grew up. It's bad for my, you know, the street I used to live on. But when my coworkers, like, I lost my house, it's on a different level of, not that I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not concerned for him, but it doesn't hit me on the same level because it's not a super personal thing. When you listen to this, okay, I mean, you remember riots and, and, and other things that have happened in the last, you know, throughout your lifetime and all that stuff too. Sure. But none of that has the same type of emotional feeling as it saying, my daughter lives a mile from there. They're coming towards my house. And right. and you can watch it in the nightly news, which is where a lot of people get the information from. But to have a behind the scenes and a, and a real time account of what's going on and hearing, should we deploy the tear, tear gas? Should we wait and get those orders not to not to even protect themselves, right? Those officers that were on the rooftop right. and, and they're they're hunkered down inside a prison, surrounded by all sides probably. And saying we got to get out of here, we, you know, we need to protect ourselves, and and being told no, yeah. and, it, and it's like to be able to hear that on the and radio is it's I can imagine how how that sucks you in, and you're you're hanging on every transmission and every word as it comes across. And there's a lot of morale problem within the police department in the third precinct because they had to give up. Their orders were to give up to get out of there, so. Yeah, exactly. And and what I didn't realize till maybe the next, I guess the next day, is law and order fell apart in Minneapolis. So I have a, a Walgreens drugstore just five blocks from my house, and it was looted and attempted to burn down. And so my local Walgreens drugstore is closed now indefinitely till they repair it. I didn't know that was going on as I'm listening to all that was going on down on Lake Street. But yet my neighborhood was people... There was no law and order. It kind of fell apart. And right. I, I will just say, I think the police were just overwhelmed. They didn't expect this to get so out of hand. Mm-hmm. And once they got the reinforcement, they could get things under control. And uh, now we're back to our peaceful protests. And uh, right. I hope it stays that way. <laughs> I know yeah, Portland's I just... having a rough time right now. They are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's and, uh, it's interesting it's a fun listening. Hobby. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, and this listening. is and, and again, this is this is this is exactly what makes the hobby interesting. Is it, for a lot of the time, it's a very it's a very relaxing thing. Maybe you might and again to go back to what, what we originally talked about too. You know, this is this could be somebody's tragedy. So even listening to the fire department, right? When they have a house fire or a building fire, right? You're listening to what's going on. You're 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 hanging basically on all the transmissions because what's going on, progress reports, fire ground activities, and it's interesting listening to what's going on on the fire scene. But again, that's somebody's home, right? And 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 we're kind of exactly. You got to remember that. But for the most part, they're listening to to the scanner is is a lot of routine stuff. Cat stuck in a tree, domestic dispute, <laughs> car accidents. And then when you get something it, like this that happens, it's like, and this is why I say too, not to cut you off on this one too, but this is why we say, be prepared with your scanners, right? Always have the stuff you can listen to every day, but just because you're not interested in listening to it today, program it in there anyway, because just as you did, you unlocked all yep. of the stuff that was part of the police department that you've never listened to. Now all of a sudden, right. because instead of scrambling, jumping online, trying to remember how to program your radio, 
it's already in there. And with today's radios having so much memory in them, even if you have an like in your case, in your case too, if you bought the SDS one hundred, you can even leave the three ninety six set up the way it is, that you know, if I ever need it, I can plug this in the wall. Because guaranteed batteries would be dead, right? Or you keep the batteries yeah. on the side, and they, they they would blow up, and you know they'd start to leak and, and ooze out if you left them in the um, in any type of kit like the, the Pro One Hundred Six does with that black and the and the yellow battery insert, right? But at least you have a scanner you can play around with. You can do what you want with it, and you can always fall back onto your old equipment and have that as your you know your SHTF SHTF radio. That would be used for that. And again, then you have one you can then listen to your local stuff because, again, you missed something that happened five blocks away because you were so hanging on everything else that you always have that extra little radio that uh, that does that. But you're fortunate, though, right? Because a lot of people, including myself, the local police departments have gone encrypted. Yeah. What does that mean in the future? Like I said, you know, with, with, and not to go political like that, or, or but some people are hopeful that that this would bring transparency and would force unencryption on some encryption stuff. I recently heard that a, and I forget exactly where it was, but a fire department in a jurisdiction was told now to turn off encryption. Don't know if it's anything related to this, but again, maybe as, as a scanner side of things, maybe this would add a little bit of transparency to some encrypted talk groups. I'm not saying all of them, you know, the tactical, maybe some of the, some of the dispatch stuff. And again, maybe some of that's just wishful thinking. I mean, some of the, again, the other side of it is we need officer safety. And what you're listening to proves the point that yes, they do need officer safety, but did anything that was going on contribute to unencrypted communications or did unencrypted communications rather contribute to anything that was going on with the mob mentality? Probably not. They got you focused on the police department and they went after it. Whatever it is, this is just a theory. I mean, nothing is even right. being said. It's, just, it's just me openly thinking about it. But yep, go ahead. What was, was, was interesting, like I say, they took over the third precinct. A few days later, they actually arrested somebody. Wearing a bulletproof vest, this is third precinct oh on, and I think he had, a, I think he had a radio, a police radio, and so he was arrested. So yeah, you. Right. Right. But again, you gotta yeah, look at know, that guy, wanna... and either, but you know, this guy, he's got stolen property. It's like, hello, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's yeah, pretty right, obvious right. who right. it belongs to, wanna... and it's stolen. So you know, <laughs> I want to say something else about the hobby. You mentioned it in one of your podcasts, and it came up to me the other day as. Someone called me the other day and said, hey, you got your police radio on? There's a police car in front of this address. I wonder what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I don't listen to it 24-7. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know every little, you know, a lot of stuff is done on the computer. And it's like, yep. like I'm the expert. Call yeah, Brad. Yeah. He'll know why the exactly. police car is there. <laughs> exactly. I used to get that all the time. <laughs> why is there a cop over here? I, I don't know. I'm at work. I'm not listening. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right, I hear sirens. What's going on? So yeah. uh, again, fifty plus years has been a fun hobby, you know. You got to treat it with respect, as you, as you have said before. You know, you're going to get into the hobby to break the law or use it uh, illegally. That's a different story. I I, I right. just enjoy what we've talked about. Just the the listening in your adrenaline rises and it, it is unfortunate it's somebody else's tragedy but it's a fun hobby i'd hate to see minneapolis go encrypted now hennepin county i live in and some of the suburban communities have subcontracted out to hennepin county to do their dispatching and hennepin county re recently went to encryption so all these suburban communities i used to listen to is now encrypted so hennepin county's done it but minneapolis mm -hmm. and st paul have not so 
Yeah, I mean, it's and again, too, I, I like to say the analogy, too. It's like people complain, oh, it's gone encrypted. It's, there's nothing left to listen to, right? That's that's the yeah. complaint. And I look at it this way, you know, if your favorite TV show is canceled, is there nothing left to watch on TV? And if your favorite magazine goes out of business, is there nothing left to read in the magazine section? You know, stuff like that. So, no, you know, that doesn't mean that you throw away your TV because your favorite TV show wrapped up after 10 years. You, you find something else to watch. That's really all it is. And, right. and with the Scanner Radio Hobby, it's the same deal. Okay, please go encrypted. What else is there to listen to? Well, maybe something else will show up on the trunk system. Or there's plenty of other things like the police department here goes encrypted. Fine. You listen to the fire departments. You listen to the MTA, you know, because again, listen to the MTA because if somebody hits the train track, you know, his train, they're gonna, you're going to hear it whether it's on a police band or the MTA band because the MTA has got to shut down the lines. Or if something happens out, you know, there's a rescue, boat rescue. Well, the Coast Guard is going to get that as well, yeah, as well as the, the PD to be dispatched and the fire department to be dispatched. So, yeah, you're not going to find out that what the domestic dispute is or, or stuff like that. But there's still other ways to find out what's going on as, as, as out there. It may not be so great, but. Well, I knew you, you even mentioned of, in one of your podcasts, and I used to do this. I haven't lately, but listening to the television news station, mm-hmm, that, yep. that's interesting. They're getting dispatched, and, and you had mentioned setting up the, for the camera shot. And, and that's I found television news crews to be interesting to listen to, too. So, yeah, you're right. There, yep. There's a lot of things to listen to and uh, explore and find new things. Yep, exactly. But I give you credit because that's exactly what you did. And, and you know, it's – you. Listen to the police, but then now you've you've expanded out just to see what was out there, and it ended up paying off dividends to you to, because you were able to follow things along. So thinking outside right. of the normal scan bank for you really paid off. So, I mean, that just shows the type of user you are. I mean, you've you've got the experience to do that, and yeah, it's it's that's again part of the hobby that's 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 dying right now, right? Because everybody wants that instant gratification of this is what I want to listen to. Not I'm not going to put my my radio in, into search mode because. Right. I don't know what else is out there. But, uh, right. One of these days, I'm going to jump off the cliff and buy an SDS 100 or 200. So uh, I'm, I'm It's a great just... radio. <laughs> it is pricey, but again, too, as, as I was – I don't know if I did a podcast on this yet, but I know I've, I've definitely talked about it. But inflation plays a, a part, right, on everything. And everybody complains, oh, you know, my 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 780 yeah. XLT that I bought 20 years ago was, was only $350. But when you break down inflation, well – that was actually seven hundred dollars in today's money, so it actually ended right. up costing you more for that seven eighty XLT that does a fraction of what the SDS one hundred does, and and yeah. it costs okay yeah so you're right it costs six hundred dollars versus three hundred dollars but well basically what I'm trying to say is it costs you less today <laughs> to spend more yeah right <laughs> so if right, that helps exactly. you justify it then there you go <laughs> so. Okay, I'm going to order one tomorrow. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, I, I definitely appreciate you having on here, sharing your story and everything else like that. Is there anything else you want to you want to say about uh, scanning or or the events before we uh, before we split? No, just how I started out. It's the hobby. It's not a political statement. I'm not, uh, you know, thing. It's just the hobby of enjoying listening to the scanner, the variety of different things, and. Uh, it's not to say things aren't as bad as they are. It's just the enjoyment of the hobby, period. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And you're not alone. A lot of people enjoy the hobby. So you're, you're in good company. All right. <laughs> All right, Brad. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And uh, 
if anything else ever happens like that again, you're, you're, you're more than welcome to come back on, discuss anything else you'd like to discuss. And, uh, if anybody else wants to come on the podcast as well, they can do so. Like I said, you, you, you got on because you asked me a question or you exchanged an email with me really quickly and I, I invite you on, but there's also the contact form online for somebody else that wants to, uh, to share their story just as you shared yours. So I want to thank you very much. I mean, this was, I mean, I found this to be very, a very interesting conversation as far as, as far as what was going on. So I, I definitely appreciate the time you gave us. Great. I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you, Brad, for joining us on the podcast and telling us all your story. Now, I'm always looking for guests to join us and be on the podcast. So if you have something you'd like to share, a story, something you heard uh, while you were scanning, or even have an idea for a future podcast, or maybe you want to come on and you want to teach something that you know how to do that we haven't yet discussed, or maybe you can discuss something better than I've had. Drop me a line, phil at scannerschool.com, or you can go to our website at www.scannerschool.com slash guest. So again, Brad, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you and I got to sync up and you were able to share your story on the podcast. Now, if you have any feedback for today's podcast, you can do so by going to scannerschool.com slash session 139. Also, don't forget, Every Tuesday evenings, except for the first Tuesday of the month, we have our weekly Zello Net. I'm sure this will be a topic on tonight's Zello Net. You can join us at scannerschool.com slash Zello. Also, please make sure, before we split today, that you are subscribed to the podcast by hitting the subscribe button on your podcast player. Or, if you don't use a podcast player, you can sign up for our newsletter on the front page of our website, scannerschool.com. In that weekly newsletter, we'll let you know when a new podcast drops and also send you some radio tips and other content as well. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast session, why not share it with your friends? Get onto your social media channels, your Facebook accounts, or even email this to somebody else. This is how we spread the word and get more listeners to the podcast. It's by you sharing what it is that you enjoy listening to. So with that, I want to say 73. I am Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Talk to you all next week.